Hey everybody, welcome to the weekday. My voice just did a weird crack there. That was fun. Uh, I'm 37, but I just sounded like I was a 13 year my 13 year old. I don't even have a 13 year old anymore. He's 16. Oh, I did sound like him though. He does the funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's great. We still laugh at him. Hey, I'm Andy. Uh, I'm Mike. And, I still laugh at your son. He's yeah, funny. He's, he's a funny kid. He's great. He's yeah. the. Hey, he's starting his. Jo- Congratulations, Austin, on your job at Tijuana Flats. If you are not in the area of, is Tijuana Flats only in Florida? Yeah, I think so. It was made by a guy. He, he went to UCF. Go Knights. So really, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It was yeah. the first one in Orlando? Yeah. Yeah. They just is. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary. Is this a? Should we get paid by Tijuana Flats right now? Tijuana Flats, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We just had for delicious tacos for lunch as well. Yeah. Um, we're gonna scroll the number on the bottom of the screen. No, we can't do that. I don't think we're getting paid by that. We could. Yeah, we technically could. We could. Uh, anyway, he starts his first job, and little old Austin, little young Austin. Um, He's all grown up. He's driving a car, <laughs> starting a job at Tijuana Flats. Um, going to be bringing home Mondo tacos for us at home. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mondo Bucks. No, just yeah, really yeah the Mondo Bucks. In. Paying for his car insurance, <laughs> paying for his gas. Uh, hey, welcome to episode nine of the weekday. Um, and we've we've got kind of a different episode today. Uh, I wanted to talk uh, with this guy here. Um, Mike um, has been worship director here at Bay Hope for how long? Almost six years. Now. Almost was that your first title? I guess technically five and a half. What's that? Was that your first title, worship director? I don't know. Honestly, cool. I, I, I really honestly I don't remember. If there's one thing you need to know about Bay Hope for everybody out there, <laughs> it's that titles are kind of fluid yeah. around here. You might be worship director, you might be worship coordinator. It just really I means do know. I, for a while, was just worship leader. Oh, and I was cool with that. I was like, yeah, that's yeah, fine. that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is. I mean, you do more than that now. Um, but sure. we had we were having an interesting discussion earlier today, and we kind of wanted to bring it onto the podcast and kind of include everybody in here because this is going to be a little bit of a trip down memory lane for many of us that have been in the church for a little bit. Uh, for those of you that have are just now entering into the church world, uh, YouTube is yeah, welcome. <laughs> Join us. Join us. Let us know. Uh, you'll be able to kind of go back through YouTube. It's it, it, this whole kind of explosion has happened in the last twenty to twenty-five years, and the explosion we're talking about or I'm talking about is actually the um the worship music quote unquote genre. Um so before kind of 2000-ish maybe 1995 right around there worship music was reserved really for churches. Yeah. There was I mean there was radio stations and things like that sure. but um there wasn't really a, a a scene a worship music scene. And nowadays you have like it's a fully fleshed out Spotify channel, it's, Apple yeah, Music right. has millions and millions of podcasts, there's YouTube channels, all sorts of things devoted to this quote-unquote worship music. And so this guy being the worship leader, I kind of wanted to interview and kind of bring him uh, up with all of this, kind of get his thoughts on all of this. So Mike, take us back. Take us back to the heady days of 2000. No, first of all, give us uh, and everybody on the podcast uh, a little bit of history as to where you started in worship music. Sure. Um, I think, I feel like... (sighs) Well, you were the reason that I really started playing guitar um, to a certain extent because you started playing guitar to like heavy rock. Like, uh, you could say metal. Yeah, it was metal-ish. I mean, it was it, but like Metallica is really what got me started into guitar, which doesn't sound a whole lot like worship music. And, I don't know. That- but I, I, I really did. I mean, it was a really good entryway for guitar because it's very guitar-driven and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I started playing that, you know, sixth grade or so. Um, and then in, we were going to youth group, student group, whatever at our church growing up and, you know, they needed people to play. So I started playing bass first 
And then I sort of like weaseled my way. I, I was playing guitar all the time too, but I, I mostly played bass like in high school and everything, still leading worship from the bass as one does, you know, leads hey, worship Sting. from bass. Yeah. <laughs> Sting and Getty Lee have something to say yeah. about that. Yeah. And so I honestly, so I was leading worship in high school and everything, but I really didn't start leading from a guitar until I got to college mostly. And so was in college, met a bunch of people, you know, that obviously had similar interests and everything, started leading worship for Campus Crusade for Christ in Orlando mm. at UCF. And I was I was a music major as well. So, you know, very involved in music in general. And uh, but Campus Crusade was really cool because, I mean, it was it was super highly produced within like a ballroom at UCF. And I mean, like five or six hundred college students yeah. in one room, which was like a. It was amazing. It was crazy. And yeah. it, it felt normal. It, and now that obviously I'm, I'm out of it, I was like, oh, that's not a normal experience. No, you it know? is not. And then on top of that, we were going to a church in Orlando called Discovery Church, and they had sort of like a 20-somethings ministry called Status. And that was probably double what Campus Crusade had. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, within the Orlando area, there was probably around a thousand people that were gathering for Status. And I need to break in real quick. I... So I was, I had gone to Florida State and done a whole bunch of stuff and we didn't have anything up there and my whole, my whole everything crumbled um, when I was up there. And then I got back from college, kind of crashed out of it and was in a whole bunch of whole world of drug thing, money hurt and all that stuff. And I saw Mike and my sister leading worship and I... I just said that she was, she did a lot of that with me. We did, did a lot, lot of together. Yeah, yeah. Her, um, Mike and Mel, um, Melissa Minor, who you're going to meet on the podcast in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, we'll see how we can work that out. But uh, she was kind of leading worship at this group. I helped them lead. I was, I was kind of not helping them lead. I was the adult in the room with the youth band at the time. And then they went off to college and I was kind of still doing the thing. I was leading at that point too. But um, I remember going to Discovery and Campus Crusade yeah. over in Orlando every once in a while and just being blown away, not only by the kids, but the music you guys were playing. Like it was it was such a step forward from what we were doing at the church we grew up in. Right. It was a it was a really cool environment to be in because I, I don't know what it was about well, I went to on a college trip, actually, actually with John Michael, who's our executive director of ministries here. Shout out. Him and I have been friends for 25 years now. And um, which is, yeah, about 25 that's, years. That's gnarly. Yeah. And so we went on this college tour together to UCF, stayed over at, you know, someone's dorm, someone that he knew. And we actually went to status. Uh, it was like in November of 2004. Oh, that's cool. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like this is, I need to be a part of this. Yeah. And so I basically made my college decision based off of status. Wow, that's awesome. And um, it just, it was a community of these creative people and a thousand of them. I mean, a thousand college students in one room where, you know, college is the, the place where people lose their faith and all that kind of stuff. And that was not my experience at all. That yeah. was the place that like I found my faith. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I just, just had a lot of really cool opportunities. Got to meet a lot of really cool people through leading worship and playing music. And just felt really freeing. That's where I met um, Sean, um, who is uh, Sean Curran, who's now a worship leader with Passion City and does his own stuff. But me, Melissa, and him actually formed Bellarive together, mm -hmm. which is the band that we were in. So got out of college, got married, moved back to Tampa, got a worship leader job in Dunedin, but also was doing Bellarive on the side. And, you know, from Bellarive sort of ended up taking a life of its own. We signed a record deal. We went touring, you know, made two full studio albums. One of them at Chris Tomlin's house, yep. which was really cool. Dope. And we 
you know, we, I, I probably, I did that super heavy for about four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then, um, Kristen became pregnant, realized I don't want to became pregnant. She became pregnant. Cool. She be, she bore child. She, she was with <laughs> she, child. <laughs> the biblical term. Yes. <laughs> and we, I, I realized I didn't want to be the dad. I didn't want us to be the family that basically raised children on the road. Yeah. And um, for any of you who are aspiring musicians, go for it. It is a very difficult life to live. And I, I said like, man, I just, I can't do this. Mm. And thankfully God led us here to what was Van Dyke at the time, now Bay Hope. And that was, that's sort of the journey here. That's a good chance, yeah. Mike. I, I appreciate your yeah. origin story. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, in, the, in the Bay Hope cinematic universe. Now I have superpowers. Uh, it's it's really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so all, all of that to say, all of Mike's journey to say, um, he's, he's been doing this for quite a long time. Um, 20 ish years. Yeah. Uh, which is insane. And so you've seen worship music from its inception to now sure uh and i and i say obsession because yeah. in, in a popular music, sense and in, yeah. in, in the and again we're talking genre terms we're yeah. talking spotify terms we're talking apple music terms right so how did it start like what was worship music when it first started for you yeah it was i mean obviously it was a lot harder to find um and I mean, nowadays music is there's so much prevalent it's crazy yeah. of any of any genre that you want, any like fusion of any two sources. I mean, you got like polka rap kind of thing, you know, there's a yeah. whole there's a whole uh, Spotify channel dedicated to polka rap, you know, and I listen to it sometimes. I just I remember being super taken with the passion movement, which actually started around 2000. And you know, Chris, that was Chris Tomlin mm -hmm. and Charlie Hall. Mm -hmm. um, David Crowder. Yeah. And the David Crowder band was was coming out of that. And I just I remember feeling like there was so much life and vitality and newness to it. Um, which is funny because that's not really the, that's not the phrasing I would use about, especially people like Chris Tomlin nowadays. Um, but like back, you know, 20 years ago, it was it's like, wow, like this is, this is so cool. You know, it just, they're, they're taking these bands and making really creative stuff. Yeah. Stuff that I haven't heard before within like a church context. Yeah, Cause before that it had been, and this is, it, it had been like the Imperials and, um, just Keith Green and you know stuff that Maranatha and Vineyard yeah and they were making they were making some pretty good to a certain song. extent yeah um, but this was like these were songs yeah. you know and uh, I just I remember being really really taken with it, especially in like high school the David Crowder band yeah. and thinking that I mean even now I will go back and listen to the Illuminate. Uh, Illuminate which was their second album um, Collision Collision which was their third album and then on up, up until their last album they made the Remedy and, and Church Music and all that it just it was it was so different and there was some like electronic influences but there was also some like pretty heavier rock influences mm -hmm. and almost like punk influences yep. but really good songwriting and, and deep lyrics and um, it was just it, that was, to me that was something that really like spurred me I was like man like this is this is what, like there's this weird there there was started to be this weird overlap of like this is a band but this is also worship music mm -hmm. this is art but it's also like a corporate thing that people can sing together and you know I I've been I probably have seen David Crowder in the David Crowder band especially when they were the David Crowder band uh, I that's out of any artist or whatever I probably had seen them the most and just like understand like this is a possibility. It is a possibility to make something that is more than just like three or four chords mm -hmm. and you sing a chorus over and over and over again to have there be some sort of artistic, creative um, 
level to it. Yeah, you know? and, and, and again, we're not dunking on any bands. So if you're if you're listening, like we apologize, throw it in the comments and yell at us. We would love to. <laughs> we would love to hear that. Honestly, I, I want to hear like, and Mike wants to hear your favorite band, your favorite, yeah. all that stuff. We're not dunking on any of those bands, right. anything like that. But this is kind of this was formative in his life, and it, honestly, Crowder. Um, off that Illuminate album, I was not a believer. Yeah. And then I got saved. And the very first album I picked up the next day, you did the same thing. You hit your I microphone did. on the, the, the pop, pop filter. filter. New pop fun. filters. Pop um, <laughs> was that Illuminate album. And I sat in my my uh, busted Ford Focus and listened to Oh Praise Him yeah. on repeat yeah. and sobbed like a child yeah. right outside of the Family Christian Bookstore. It was just it was it's a really it was a really cool time for worship music because it did and thankfully because of Bellarive like I got to know a lot of the David Crowder band yeah. guys like personally yeah. and I still you know um whether it's through Twitter Instagram or whatever you know have some sort of contact with them um which is so cool that's like meeting your heroes man yeah and and we, I mean we got to go on tour with them yeah. and I got to live on a bus for eight weeks with some of those guys and. Uh, just it, it felt like there was this thing where like anything goes sure. and to hear the backstory of how they were cre- I mean they literally said <laughs> they said uh, the the record label that they were with was like you know we have these people for you that no we'll do it ourselves yeah. and so they they bought a barn yep. and they recorded all this stuff in the barn produced it mixed it did it all themselves the and it was just, barn. it was like anything goes anything goes yep. And I really think like the early 2000s really sort of brought that out. Yeah. And then, you know, as we move later, it starts to really become and none of this is a bad, you know, like I'm not saying any of this is necessarily bad, sure. but it, it started to become a little hev- hev- heavier marketing. Mm. Um, it started to really generate some revenue for these these record labels. And you really start to see that sort of the end of the 2000s and um, and then into the 2010s, you know, with the rise of streaming and everything. Yep. Um, you know, you still, you, you saw worship music almost become what CCM is. Yeah. So most of, if you listen to Christian radio now, I would say at least half of it, if not more, are, are worship songs or songs that people will do in church. And by worship at that point, it now, it almost means songs for congregational singing yeah. versus songs for the radio. Right. And so, I mean, you basically have this 50-50 split, if not leaning a little heavier towards the worship side. Um, and that wasn't like that 10 years ago. It wasn't, it was very much like CCM artists were on the radio. If you heard any worship music, it was only Chris Tomlin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's very true. And, um, so, so yeah, there's, there seems to be this, like this split happening of, you know, these only CCM artists or only worship artists, but then even the CCM artists, you still have them sort of crossing over mm-hmm. into this worship world mm-hmm. because that's where a lot of engagement happens because, a lot of people will like to sing these songs, yeah. and I think that that's a really great thing. You know, the the idea, the the point of worship music is to gather and to have people singing in together, and that's why a lot of it is. You know, a lot of people knock on worship music, saying it's oh, it's all really simple, it's all so easy. And like, while I agree, I do. Like, I, I think that some of that stuff can be really bad. Hmm. Um, you know, like this, almost like a milk toast sort of bland. Yep. Um, production or melody or whatever, and like again, part of me, I I get that, and I think that we as a as someone who likes creative things, talking about the David Crowder band, I think that we need to push the envelope as a church. That people need to look at the church and say mm. that is a creative entity. That is like we serve a very creative God, the God who created the everything that we know and can see and experience. Um, and so like people need to look at the church and say that's a representation of a creative God. 
However, creating songs that are easy for people to sing and might have easy melodies and all that kind of stuff is very important because you want people to to dive in. And um, even though they can look and say like, that's creative, they might not be able to actually engage with something like that. So sure. it's like leveraging this intentionally um, creative, but with having people in mind, you know, like a corporate um, sort of thing in mind. Sure. Um, so, so from the 2000s, we saw kind of Chris Tomlin, David Crowder, all yeah. that. And then um, Hillsong, Hillsong United, really, yeah, real, became a uh, like thing. mid 2000s, 04, 05, yeah. 06. United We Stand was a seminal album, oh, yeah. really was the guitar sound of that. And then Hillsong United kind of came to four, Elevation came to the four, yeah. Uh, Passion was really gather, gathering speed. Yeah. Uh, you Bethel. started see, yeah, you yeah. started seeing mm-hmm. Bethel right around yeah. 09, 2008, uh-huh. yeah. 09, 2010, Jesus Culture, Jesus Culture, kind of the youth band springing up. Uh, and then thing that I feel like things got a little stagnant a little bit for maybe three or four years, just yeah. in terms of new creativity, everything kind of sounded the same. Well, you know, what's funny is, so when we were in Bellarive, um, and uh, Kenny, who it was the, the drummer, yeah, was the drummer of Bellarive. He likes to every, he's a funny guy, um, very analytical and, uh, very smart. He likes to post on Instagram, go follow him, Kenny Warner. Uh, At Kenny Warner. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to post every Friday just a bunch of like pictographs or infographs Which are or whatever. awesome. I yeah. love looking at It's just at them. so funny. Like, it's like, of course, Kenny would do this. But yeah. he did post something about how like the worst time, if you were in the record industry at all, mm-hmm. the music business at all, the worst time to be in the, re- in the music business over the t- past 30 years was from 2010 to 2014, which just happens to be when Bellarive was a part of the music business. Yep, yep. <laughs> Do you think that was any accident? I don't know. It's just just so funny. Like looking back because record labels didn't understand how to. Streaming. Yeah. Well, this, this streaming thing was like such a brand new idea. It's like, oh my gosh, people can get music whenever they want. And YouTube and all that. Yeah. How are we going to make money from this? And so I do think, I think with the the stagnation and everything, record labels were so, um, they were so conservative with what they wanted to spend money on. But now, but now we moved into this age of streaming. I mean, you see. Literally, I mean, just the array of worship music is it's overwhelming. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of things I feel like a lot of things we're seeing and, and we didn't used to see it because record labels were the gatekeepers mm-hmm. for any this kind of stuff. And, you know, the, obviously they market towards the middle. Um, but now what we're seeing is a lot of these spontaneous worship movements. Yeah. Um, a lot of these worship songs, I guess, it, the opuses. <laughs> You know, that go on for 15, 20 minutes and people were experiencing that kind of stuff. But now, like we actually have recordings. I mean, full albums is full of spontaneous worship, which mm-hmm. I don't think was a thing for us to have like actual recordings of them, right. you know, five, 10 years they ago. They might have been bootleg, but yeah, it wasn't an actual codified thing. Well, and like, I don't know. Again, I, I think that that's like something so new. And part of me is saying, oh, that's really cool. Another part of me feels it feels really weird. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm not as spiritual as some people. Um, but like, I I do feel like there's a lot of people can get lost in those kinds of things for better and for worse, you know? And, um, but yeah, I I think if we're moved, like what we're moving into, like, I feel like it's a lot more of that kind of just a lot more freer because people don't have to worry. Like it's super easy for you to post anything now, you know? Yeah. Which can, which has its its incredible gains, but also some setbacks. You get in I'm sure. Big trouble. Yeah. Uh, and the little bit of time we have left yeah. on today's podcast, I feel like we could go on, and we're. I think we're going to have to continue this conversation um, on further because I think this is something I'm pers- obviously I'm I'm a worship yeah. guy from way back, and right. I, I'm uh, personally passionate about it. But I know a lot of Bay Hope Church 
one of the reasons they connected to the church in the first place right. was because of the worship, yeah. because of the music, because of the creativity and all that. So yeah. uh, what is, this is a big question and you, you can save this if you need to, but what is like the main overriding principle when you are going into a songwriting or creative music session like what are you what are you going into that session to bring out are you just taking scripture and saying hey i want to i want to do the most creative thing yeah. are you letting it breathe on its own yeah because you are the progenitor of you and your team That's really are progenitor yeah there you go <laughs> connie that one's for you yeah uh uh, you're the one that is you and your team are really right. writing a lot of really cool awesome sure. things monthly almost um which i love being a part of like i love being at a church that yeah. is writing new music so what do you how are you getting to that point like how yeah. are you polishing off the dirt off the diamond you know i feel like i i don't know this this might not be the right way or the right thing um just do it until it sounds cool well no i i feel like i need to connect with it and so even if it's planning, Selfish. well, yeah, <laughs> but even if it's planning a worship set, you know, like I, I don't know. I think that there's something to being, and you know, this been doing this for so long. And I feel like Matthew would be this, if you were to ask Matthew about speaking, you yeah. know, he's been speaking for longer than I've been alive. Yeah. You know, it's hard to give a message if you don't connect. believe in it, yeah. if you don't connect to it, if you don't. So like part of me. Like I'm very conservative with like the group of songs that we do or whatever. And not necessarily just because um, I only like these certain songs or whatever. We we do a lot of songs here that I don't really like, mm -hmm. um, but I can connect to or I can figure out a way to connect it to other people. So when we're writing songs, you know, like I, I need to feel it needs to come out of a place of worship almost. Um, it can't just I, I, I the idea of like we have this phrase. And we have this chord and now we need to make a melody that sounds good with these two things. You know, I just, I can't, I personally can't get behind um, and I don't do it enough. So maybe if I did it like a crap ton, um, you know, and ha it was my job and all that kind of stuff, maybe I would feel differently about it. Almost like the machine production nature yeah, of it. Yeah. But uh, I, I personally have to feel very connected to it. Mm -hmm. And and I think if I feel connected to it and I'm presenting and communicating it to other people, that is just another obstacle that people don't have to get through, yeah, you know, um, that if it comes from my heart and if it comes from a place where I have been there, like, how can you lead someone, someone, how can you lead someone somewhere that you've never been before? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so I think that's like the primary thing for me. I love it. Um, we, I do want to continue this conversation. We don't want to uh, uh, bore you guys to tears anymore with it. Uh, <laughs> only we, 20 minutes at a time. Yeah, we'll only bore you yeah, for 20 it, minutes it, at a time. Exactly, I promise. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. And before you get done listening to this, anything, drop us a note in the comments or email us at theweekdayatbayhope.com. I'd love to, he would love to hear uh, about your favorite memories of worship music growing, you know, through the ages, through the years. If it's hymns from when you were growing up if yeah. it's you know some weird hillsong united song we've never even thought of as yeah. being influential let us know we love hearing from you i love the emails that i'm getting and the comments that we're getting on these yeah, videos it's so super cool to be able to talk with you bay hope church and even outside of bay hope church so thank you so much for watching and listening to the weekday we will talk to you next time see you Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bay Hope TV. Be sure to like and share these videos with your friends as it really does help this channel out. And be sure to subscribe for more Bay Hope TV content. As always, thanks for watching.